0: Hey, this is Gareth Webb, and you are listening to Breakout, a show aimed at cutting through the hiring noise and breaking down best practices. We'll also be tapping into the minds of other industry leaders so you can ensure your business makes the right critical hires the right way.
1: Go. Okay, so today wanted to dive into job boards specifically. Um, I know that we've touched on this a lot internally. Just the idea of you know, there's obviously a lot of cost that goes into finding jobs in, in job boards in, in general. But I think there's a lot of um, you know, you talk about this a lot, hidden costs, um, kind of downstream um, within job boards. So I want to kind of dive into what that looks like, get your point of view, and we'll kick this off with um, some stats actually that um, one of our own talent partners brought up in I think one of her first like blog posts she um, helped write for the company but it's just like it's it's pretty jarring right so 50 percent of applications come through job boards only one percent of candidates are hired through them so I think kind of speaks to both ends right I know this was initially written for you know helping candidates find jobs and just understanding the difficulty and kind of getting through and cutting through the noise on the candidate end but also I think the inefficiency right on the employer end um, in terms of making sure there's a a good process and system in place to handle that effectively because I know that, you know, I'm sure you can talk through some things that you've mentioned before too, in terms of just the amount of inbound you can get from that and maybe not always having the right quality of candidate coming through. So I'll open it up to you and kind of just get your reaction on that to start up.
0: Yeah. Just to be very clear, like we, we ourselves effectively, have used job boards in the in the form of LinkedIn, which is what it is, mm-hmm. to make hires in our business. Um, so it can work, but there's huge distractions that come with it, and huge problems and, and, and drains on time and energy that come with it. So it's it's less than ideal, but we have used them. So I'm not going to sit here and say that you know they don't work at all. Like, but there is an absolute outcome and there's a relative outcome to all channels but especially with job boards um so yeah that doesn't surprise me uh, i think the other stat that emily had mentioned was that only 20 percent of live positions hit the job boards i don't i mean obviously like we'll never really know how accurate that number is but it, it definitely you know positions get filled internally first as should be the case often mm-hmm. and then they go out to um agency search firm or other channels uh, referrals mm-hmm. um, and then and then yeah obviously lots do hit uh, the job boards and a lot of the problem with a the, lot with the job boards is obviously for candidates is there's a lot of baiting going on just to pull data into their ATS so um, very similar to when you find an apartment or a house and you contact the realtor and then that particular rental just been miraculously re- let out two mm-hmm. days before like that that stuff happens unfortunately um <clears throat> but then the fact that like only one percent people get hired through fifty uh, percent of applications go th- through job boards or one percent get hired like that's that to me sounds right we talk to people all day long and they just most of the people we deal with and talk to and approach and target and nurture um won't touch a job board they they, they don't need to you know enough goes to them um and um they don't trust them and it's obviously been kind of rebranded in the last five ten years as the the hiring or the, rec- the recruitment black hole the the problem overall with the job board is just for as a candidate you're effectively playing a lottery and that's there's no other way of saying it like there will be people that gamify it better than others where they put all the keywords you know in the top left or uh, in in early parts of paragraphs to try and get through screening technologies, which is a bit of a joke. Um, and then you have people chancing, just a lot of people chancing it, and then they they are cluttering the inbound inbox um, and ruining up people's chances. Who you say? What you say?
1: Doesn't it speak to? I mean, just the fact that we as a candidate would have to feel the need to try and game the system to get through, I think just speaks to the, that piece of it being broken, right? Like if, if I know that I need to go and have a good chance of applying for a job that I may or may not be qualified for, right? Like my first thought is like, okay, let me pull up a bunch of job descriptions. Let me see how I can kind of tailor my experience and a resume towards those rightly or wrongly. Maybe, maybe there's a good fit there, but maybe there's some stuff I'm trying to, you know, change to get a better um chance of speaking with someone it's just delaying it yeah
0: yeah and um so the the for that very reason for example we've talked about this before but um the notion of the inbound um certain positions like i i definitely believe that it's almost not worth posting certain positions out there because you'll have so much inbound it, it it creates Friction for your staff, it creates problems for uh, your employer brand. Um, and you know, there, there's got to be elements of gating. Um, you know, so this whole we we've we talked about this before, I think I've blogged about it is that like the internet is supposedly democratized opportunity, where actually, it, that's not true. Like, it's definitely democratized information access and the ability to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of opportunity. Having everybody have access to every job opportunity is false because only one person can land the job. Maybe a second, third person can get hired for a different job. But we had one position which was a, it wasn't quite director, but it was like a principal or senior HR business partner requirement for a SaaS client, public company. Put the position out on careers, put the position out on uh, their their careers page, LinkedIn, and I think open door, glass door and they had like between 600 and 1000 applicants within a few weeks and um I think they'd interviewed a couple but none of them were 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 right um so you know I don't know the man hours going into like managing that but we we know kind of what our man hours are for mm-hmm. managing any kind of like um ad campaigns and inbound but um you know what we then presented or like we matched four people to the position and one was hired, and so that's like done within six, four weeks, six weeks max, with far fewer man hours and stuff. So, the job board the thing with the job board is it's like it's too easy to not do it, and mm-hmm. it's so low cost that it's so tempting. Um, and you think, oh, well, we could we could make this really amazing hire, we just need to put a spec out there, and in use you know, the internet will do its work, but then uh yeah you then have frustrations with your staff managing the inbound frustrations with candidates not hearing back um frustration with people trying to follow up to see if you've got their application and then and then one or three or six months later they get an auto reject from the ats just cleaning itself out and it's just like this is horrible um
1: i don't so, think it was like, it must be a record or close to it there is a this is a little while back when a job i'd applied for. Um, well before you and I even talked, before I moved, you know, over to Outscout, and I want to say like four or five months into working at Outscout, I got the <laughs> uh, rejection, um, auto rejection oh, yeah. from the job. I'm like that had to have been in like at least eight nine months of uh, yeah. waiting period.
0: I've had similar where uh, yeah, I'd, I'd applied to some firm in Europe and um, they sent me a very very polite rejection email, like not far off a year after the fact so it's hilarious i think i might have even sent a snarky reply um but um yeah so i think um the the you know you can we we can talk about this in it later for like the the drain on resource and the drain on you know the temptation to build a data set is is high because it costs not too much and the tools are there but is like all things we talk about at the moment, especially this year, it's like, just because you can, should you do it? Um, you know, is your company time worth more than that? And I'd argue in times like this, it definitely is.
1: So I want to, what what are your, what are your thoughts on the idea of, you know, needing to build a pipeline and like filling top of funnel? Because um, I, I feel like that's probably another um common reason like I think you mentioned that earlier too
0: I think yeah if you're going to do that then don't like go and, go and do it with assuming that every piece of every person in that data set if you want to build like one two three four five hundred people of who could be a fit for your organization whether it's engineering product or or every function I mean everyone you should want to talk to like otherwise why are they in there if they're not worth a conversation with in the first place they're not worth an interview then why are they in your outreach program um why are they in your funnel um i think companies some companies are getting ahead there, like building pipeline that actually is meaningful and mm-hmm. wanting to actually track people not just absorb data because it feels good it's like oh yeah i mean yeah we we have two positions posted out on linkedin at the moment and um it's a nightmare, actually, because not only, you know, so so I, I've fallen into the trap we fall into the trap of doing it because we're like, oh well let's see. Like there's see, there's lots mm-hmm. of like things going on out in the market. Um I think the the reason why it's so tempting to do that is just because um, you know, it is a, a competition or a war on talent and people think it's like one of the things you can do to get ahead is like build out a massive data set. So the, the top of the temptation for the building out the funnel is just, you know, everybody, especially if you're like a company going through growth, is you just want data and you want eyes on and you want people coming to you. And you, um, but I think that um, it's just the people people revert to volume uh, with talent pipelines uh, rather than potentially getting more mindful and intentional about doing more with a bit less and you know what's the right number and so if you understand say say like we present five you know we say we get to the point where we have five people matched to a client for a position the problem is like people don't understand how that five came about so um i think that's where there is a disconnect between some companies and hiring partners, whether you're an internal talent partner for a business or an external one. Um and so, you know, hiring managers are like, hey, I'd love to see like 10, 20 people. And then we'll say, well, y- you know, you-, you can't interview that many people. Um, you know, f- maybe five to ten makes sense, and then you interview five. But even then interviewing five people is is serious man hours. So I think it's just human nature to want to see what's there and then choose. Um and obviously then you, you you have selection happening for you. So I think a lot of businesses are like, yeah, we want to just build out our own data set and let's just turn on the floodgates uh, of LinkedIn and Indeed and Glassdoor or wherever else. Um, but it doesn't solve the problem and it just creates so much, like so many hidden costs that, I mean, we could, we could talk about and calculate and we can explain to people, but people still don't necessarily realize until they've done it. Like we, we have clients that are like, yeah, we, we are not putting that type of role out again to, for the internet to see um, because unfortunately everybody thinks they can, everyone wants those big shiny objects like the VP role mm-hmm. and then you'll have people that have never been a director or a manager applying and you know everyone's like, well, I might as well have a crack at it, so I'll just press LinkedIn, easy apply as you say <laughs> um, and um, you know, maybe I'll get uh a swing it you know it's a swing a swing and and maybe I'll hit a home run but like no it's not no it never works like that.
1: Yeah. So we touched on the downstream issues. Is there anything else there that you wanted to to bring up at all?
0: Yeah like I think the um the problem with all of this is you know if you could track time spent of the whole organization between like resources or coordinators or hiring managers or talent acquisition teams um just dealing with inbound is uh, fine for more junior positions i think, and um less critical administrative type work right where you you can get somebody in who's reliable and trained up to do the job for specialist positions it's it's, it's there's there's so many costs so you know if you are a series A exec founder or v p and you're hiring people in your team and you you could go and stick position out there and then just be utterly underwhelmed, most likely, with the traffic and um, who comes through. Or you could go and do it yourself. You could get several hundred or thousands of applicants for a position. Um, and if you have the infrastructure and the means of the people and the, and the know-how to deal with that, then that's fine. Getting quick rejections out, moving the right people through onto a call, putting them in front of the right people. So bigger clients can do that. Startups probably can't. Um, so startups want to kind of have someone deal with all that stuff and then just send them who, who's absolutely like worth talking to then you'll see if you are then filtering out people and putting the good ones even if they're not perfect for a role put them into your like ATS or engagement tool then that's a worthwhile exercise potentially I would argue that it it doesn't really pay off a lot of the time for a lot of our like if I talk to a lot of VPs of talent and they like the idea of like mining data sets of really good talent so mm-hmm. they can re-engage later. But once a candidate has come through an application, if if they don't end up at your organization, say within a month, they're probably now in another seat somewhere else anyway. Yeah. So so that it's not really that much of you know, I'm not saying you shouldn't do it, but it's probably not the exercise to do. Um the other port the other portion of cost to think about is You know the other means of of finding people. So obviously you have search firms that are incredibly expensive, but they can do a very good job for very very important positions. And then in between you have like agencies and specialised job boards or matching environments. And and there's there's lots of those. There was a proliferation of job boards. I feel like there's another proliferation of job boards happening with like the communities that being Mm -hmm. built on LinkedIn and stuff like that, which is which which can be quite which can be quite effective, bang for buck. Um, all of these things don't really factor in the cost of time on the people doing the work. So I think you just gotta be really careful and you know, if I was if if we were going through a big hiring phase or you wanted to hire a, a content strategist or a creative director, we know like is that gonna be worth your time putting it out there or should you just go and drill down into two or three external partners that could find you three or four really good people each and then mm-hmm. you get it done um and then and i'd argue that that might cost a bit more initially but the, the the productivity gains would be huge because you're not you're not sort of pulled into this time drain activity of going through everything that happens when you let something out um to the market you know and i think cost per hire is something that everyone's got to think about all our clients you know especially internal talent teams they're they're incentivized and bonused on cost per hire and budgets um, and I understand you can't put every position out to an agency um like the, the roaring nineties, which is kind of what used to happen. but um I think there are a slightly there's a blended approach, so it's like putting the dollars behind what's the most important and high value position is gonna you know materially impact your product or your go to market strategy or you know a leadership hire. And so, yeah, I, I just think uh, proceed with caution with with how you how you approach a hire and and put the money where the returns will come. So if you're trying to scale a team and a product, then the money should be put behind what's going to effectively scale the team, the product, the brand, and then if it's if it's not something that's like a real game changing position, then yet yeah, you can you can see what comes through in inbound.
1: yeah, I like the idea of kind of approaching it based on skill or seniority and you know having a different approach i'm sure that is is being done um in in good organizations too yeah there's such an interesting parallel i feel like i can draw specifically with marketing um just on like the you know the need for to want to drive leads um but not measuring that all the way down the funnel and seeing like okay what actually resulted in an outcome um i.e you know for marketing's revenue um for this would be you know your hires so if you're getting 50% of your applications, that looks really good, right, through the, the job boards from an inbound standpoint. But if you're only making 1% of your hires, where are the other 99% coming? And you know, are your processes being adjusted to better cater to that is, is the piece I'm kind of curious about. Um, so, yeah. yeah, just an interesting kind of well, parallel for, for me.
0: Yeah, if you use marketing as the analogy, if you want, like, mass volume leads for low lower price product, then you're going to just go with paid and stick it out across all kinds of mom and pop channels like Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, wherever, and see what comes through. But if you're selling an enterprise product to a high value customer, then you're taking a more targeted account-based marketing ABM approach where you're going to have, okay, let's go after these one or three or 500 companies and do very personalized, segmented, outbound Mm -hmm. Um, and that's where where we are like that's kind of the people we're going after we're trying to tempt the best most high value people into our environment versus you know if say you're a staffing agency that needs to put box packers into a amazon warehouse then that's different you need volume so you're going to be everywhere You shouldn't take one approach for the other and like it just makes no sense with time and energy and it's the same for hiring so yeah it's weird to me when we see companies stick out some really important positions like vp roles director roles you can put it out there but just don't expect it to get done We are seeing more and more with companies saying, yeah, we don't really want to put it out there because it's going to strain. We know we're going to get thousands of applicants and uh, people following up and people chasing. And it just leads to disappointment all around. Um, So I think, yeah, I mean, we've talked about this quite a lot, but the whole segmentation of talent pools and then approaches and gating. Yeah, that's our mindset anyway, is to sort of have filters and gates so that, like, you can't create too much disappointment. And the people that are viewing the job should be viewing the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that are being matched have already been by their by definition like they they have earned the right to be considered by being in the environment that we've created which is like a you know the kind of gated community environment it just leads to better outcomes now it's slightly less fair that like not everyone can see it and it does it's kind of anti the internet of like democratizing opportunity but it does mean that the right person will more than likely not get overlooked because they've just been in this list of a thousand people and say, a, say a kind of junior talent acquisition person who's owning that inbound happened to miss it because they had so much fire hosed at them. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, do you want to sift through a thousand people or do you want to just actually pick from 10? They're all yeah. very, very much spot on. That's a much better for certain positions.
1: Cool. We are coming up on time. Any final thoughts before we wrap up?
0: I mean, I think we're not here saying don't use them, I think use them depending on the time and resource that you've got and and, and if it's, you know, entry or sort of more of a generalized position. Three of our team currently came through LinkedIn job ads, right, so it works, but I do wish that I hadn't had to like spend all that time going through every single person that had applied and we're like a small company, Uh, you know, once you land funding or you're in the news somewhere then you know, then you're obviously gonna be able to pick and choose more drastically. You'll have massive inbound. Um and you but and you'll be able to afford other means. So that's when you build out your talent stack as being more considered and having different approaches. Yeah, I think I think the way to approach hiring, like you said, is kinda like marketing. It's like, well we don't have to do exactly what's been done. Let's do what's right for now. Let's do what's right for the type of audience or type of account or type of person that we're trying to engage with and i think you know the the where it works is if you have good inbound as long as you have then a well-trained team that look at the mobility of like who comes through so if they come through for a role but they're underqualified or overqualified are you moving them across are you using the data to make sure people are actually being funneled through to the right place that's where things massively fall down you see so many people so many companies just um not actioning their data particularly well, even if they've got a good ATS. They just, people will just say so binary and thinking, and, you know, so that person applied to that job, they're not good, right? Let's just, de- let's deject them. That's not, but you know, every, everybody could be considered for something. Mm-hmm. Um, the big thing with job boards is, again, we haven't really talked about this, but how well are you defining what someone should be doing? A lot of people just go for title, but if you're actually, like, can, like, putting the time into defining what, the positions about then it's going to be more more effective and more impactful but i still revert back to my belief that people don't really read things properly they're just uh i you know heard people say this that they'll put in a position like criteria in linkedin it'll bring up 300 results of say you know product manager austin and then they'll just click through every single one
1: mm-hmm. hit and
0: hope um so that's why we don't really love it for the most important uh, like critical and senior positions don't do it unless you know you've got the time the resource to manage what comes through because you'll probably be quite shocked about the volumes that come in
1: yeah cool always a pleasure picking the mind of gareth so um, thank until, you very much until yeah. next week okay cheers jake See you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Breakout. If you want to hear more, make sure to hit subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to be the first to get notified when future episodes are released. If you like the show or want to share feedback, please leave reviews and keep improving and share the word with other leaders in the tech talent space. If you have suggestions for topics we should cover, please feel free to reach out to either myself or Gareth.